I know, I know. It's a good day to be alive, though. Amen. Yeah. Well, welcome this morning. Praise the Lord, the tender spirit here this morning. Uh, I found the interesting, the bulletin this morning, uh, the blank wall, right? For those of you who are online, we have a bulletin to remind us of the activities going on throughout the week, but it has a blank wall on it and uh, some bricks, and it looks uh, like it had some things on it before, but it's been taken down and and new. So, you know, God is a very dynamic God. He's always creating. He's always... um, calling things out of the darkness into the light. You know, he's always very creative. But he's also a God of pattern. Because um, there are certain things in the Word that he said that uh, I want you to do this throughout all generations. And we know, I've I've talked to you before about there are some patterns in the Word that uh, play themselves out over and over and over again in a different time through a different people, right? And um, I'm interesting that uh, it seems as though, at least on my heart, that there's a new chapter that is coming. That there's a new, that it's almost like the Lord has told the angels in the throne room to put away the books of yesterday and put away the story that has been told for that time period. And then he's, it's almost like he's summoning more angels to go into the archives of heaven and pull out the next chapter, that it's read in heaven and released, and then it comes to the earth and it's established in our lives. And so I'm very aware of the season that we're in, right, of Passover, uh, I'm very aware uh, that God himself said um, in Exodus chapter 12, he said, uh, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This is the month shall be your beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. And we know that there are different calendars in, the, in our lives, uh, Roman calendar and so on, but this season of time, I just so much want it to be that new chapter. I just so much want it to be the things that are in the past that God would close the door on that and invite us into something brand new and fresh and exciting and passionate. And I can't wait to get to church and I can't wait to go wherever the Lord sends me, whether it's at work or Walmart or wherever. Because I want to see the chapter, right? the next chapter be written upon the wall, the places of our lives, right? The heart, the mind, the soul, the body. Amen? Well, you know, we um, God is watching and listening in these days. And these days are very much about a mixed multitude. You know, as they came out of Egypt, there was a mixed multitude. In other words, there were people of the covenant, but there were also a mixture of people who were not of the covenant. And such is the same today. Amen? Such is the same today. It's a mixed multitude because some people are already moving on in their place of hope in thinking that the vaccine is the solution 
to what we've all experienced in the last year, year and a half. Some people are thinking that the government stimulus and the sources that can be provided by organizations are the answers to the problems of the, of the day. But you know, God has a very different plan. God has a very different agenda. God has a very different story that He has summoned the angels to the archives of heaven to open up the next chapter and to begin to release it into the world. It doesn't have anything to do with the governments of this world because Jesus was offered the governments of this world. And He rejected it. Because for Him, the more valuable and the more precious had to do with the governments of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdoms of His Father. The kingdoms that He was so aware of that was on the earth present because He said, the kingdom is near you. The kingdom is in you. So the day that we're in, in writing this new chapter in our lives, but patterning our lives after the chapters in the story that is unfolding in heaven, You see, this is a time of year where the disciples also had a plan. They saw miracles for the last several years. They saw thousands being fed. They saw multitudes being delivered and healed. They saw lives being changed all around them. Everywhere they went, Jesus seemed to know how to touch the hearts of the people in the crowd. They saw impossible things like human lives being altered and become subject to the Word of God instead of subject to the ways of the world. They saw dead people come to life and lepers be healed. They saw provisions that they desperately needed come out of the mouths of a fish. How miraculous is that? They saw a few little loaves and a few little fish turn into thousands and basketfuls such that there was so much they couldn't eat it all. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the authority of heaven that the disciples experienced. It wasn't the provisions of the government. It wasn't the doctors of the land. Though God uses those things. He uses the doctors. My life can bear testimony of when God used the doctors to heal or to restore or to sew up or to repair or to fix broken bones. So I'm not discounting that. But there is a higher order. There is a higher importance. There is a higher gravity that God is unfolding in the day that we're in. So the disciples saw all of these things. They experienced them. It was their experience. And they were thinking that this is only going to continue. And in each one of their minds, it was playing out according to how they thought it should play out. Into how they thought it was going to unfold. And perhaps you've been thinking in these last days, in this last week or two weeks, perhaps even the message a week ago, two weeks ago, things are not as they appear. Right? 
And perhaps you're thinking how things are going to go for you this summer. Well, if I get the shot, right? If I get the stimulus check. But I want to encourage you today. There is something fresh in heaven that God is writing on the hearts of people. And He's revealing the revelation of the story to the people who are sensitive to His voice. Sensitive to His heart. And so the disciples were very much thinking, just like you and I are today, Oh, spring is about to come. I'm so glad for the sun, and I'm so glad. I saw, I walked into one of the offices the other day at work, and there was this big pile of snow uh, where it had all been piled up, and right next to the snow, the tulips were coming up about an inch. And I'm like, oh, God, thank you for, thank you for the springtime. Oh, it's been so cold and icy, and thank you for the those little tiny flowers pushing themselves up through the frozen ground. How difficult that must be if you're a tulip, right? If you're a tulip planted in the ground trying to get up to the warmth because you've been frozen all summer long and now the green and the life comes and somehow there's a way up through the frozen tundra, right? The frozen ground to light. As I said, God is always speaking about the things that are in darkness to come into the light. And so springtime is a testimony of who God is in so many different ways. And the disciples were thinking about what was going to take place. Their thoughts were aimed at the governments and the places around them and the societies and the commercialism. And the things that were going on on an economic level. And they were thinking how it was going to play out. If Jesus can pay the temple tax with a coin out of a fish's mouth, right? If he can feed thousands and heal and do all of these miracle things and speak to uh, demons and have them run into pigs and amazing kinds of things. The disciples were wondering in their minds, okay, then who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the, the vice president? Who's going to be the heir, the, 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 uh, the servant of the emperor, right? And they were thinking about how they could fit into this future thing that they thought was going to play out. And then there was a day when Jesus started talking about the cross and death. And that didn't line up with what they were thinking ought to be playing out. And at first they discounted it. Surely, no. I'll die for you if they come and get you. Right? They didn't realize that Jesus had no intention of exchanging His heavenly government for the governments of man. He said, beware of vain thinking in Matthew 16, verse 24. If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. doesn't say anything about the kingdoms of this world. He says, if you want to 
you want to follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. Then Jesus said in Matthew 16, 13, uh, going back a little bit, Then Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi and asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? You see, that's the question that's being asked around the world today. Who do you say that I am? I told you earlier, there are some, there are some patterns in His Word that Jesus continues to ask over and over and over again in a different place through a different people. And Jesus is asking right now, who do you say that I am? Where are you putting your trust? Where are you putting your thoughts and your motives and your ambition? Your desires for tomorrow? Your desires for how this story is going to begin to fill itself in? How this story is going to unfold in this next chapter? How this... How this, how this uh, relationship between heaven and earth. How does that become into the next phase of his story? When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Then he said to them, no, no, I'm not asking that. Who do you say that I am? In other words, who is Jesus to you? Not your pastor, not your boss, not the church down the street, not the evangelist on the TV that you really like, that really seems to be ministering to you, not the book that you read, but who does your heart confess and really believe that I am. And also he said to Peter, on this rock, uh, let me back up, blessed are you, uh, so then Simon Peter asked him, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, who is in heaven, and I also say to you, Peter, that on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I, be, I believe that are, there are verses like this that are beginning to give us a glimpse of the story that's just about to be told. But it's in the hearts of the individual people. It's not the story on the news and the, and the media and, and, and Facebook and, and Twitter and all the chats. It's the story that begins to happen and unfold within the heart of each person. 
He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he said, while you're thinking about all of this that I'm releasing and I'm beginning to give you a glimpse of the story that's unfolding as a new chapter because of Exodus chapter 12 and saying this is the first month and you shall keep these statutes through all generations, right? That's how we know that the pattern tells itself over and over again in a different time, in a different place, and through a different people because Jesus said there are some things the Word revealed, right? Matthew chapter 16, When His disciples had come to the other side, they'd forgotten to take bread. And Jesus said to them, Take heed, for beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So in this same period of time, He says the story isn't going to be told and recognized to you as an individual if you don't become aware of your mindsets. And you don't become aware of the traditionalism that you've been introduced to through the leaders of this age, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's not going to be apparent to you if you think about how this is going to unfold according to your own patterns of your own thinking and your own, uh, your, your own theology. Lonnie's been trying to sell us for months. Things are not as they appear. It might not unfold in the way that you think it does. So it has a lot more to do with recognizing the leaven, the sin, the places where you have tried to fit God into your own thinking, into our expectations of who He is. Beware of the leaven. Beware of the things that deceive. Beware of the things that lead your heart astray. Beware of the sin and the places that are contrary to the Word of God. The Word of God. Be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees, he said. Then one day, everything changed for the disciples. Everything. In actually just a couple of hours, things changed so dramatically that their hopes and dreams were shattered. Their expectations were now an impossible dream, right? The things that they thought were going to play out and how they got were to be elevated in the land above all other people and prestige and excitement and authority... All of that was taken from the verge of experience down to a shattering of a thousand pieces. Perhaps that's the way you've felt in this last year and what you've gone through in the middle of something the world calls a global pandemic. But God has a very different viewpoint of it. And if you have been one that have been able to rise above the places of the confession of the media, 
and can begin to see the patterns of God and how He's drawing the hearts of the people together because He wants to be the provider. He wants to be the one that our hearts trust in. And our hearts have the expectation of seeing Him fulfill every need because He's the one that said, and on this rock I will build My church. That has nothing to do with the governments of this world building the church of Jesus Christ. That has nothing to do with stimulus packages and virus uh, little shots that go into the arm. I'm not discounting that. God Himself released the answer. So I'm not discounting the science and the places. God created science. And whether you take the shot or not is between you and God. You should ask Him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Because in that day, the disciples thinking of what was going to take place, and they had very little to hope in until they started remembering the words that Jesus spoke to them. And when they started to remember, and when they started to rehearse the miracles, and when He said to them, I want you to remember this, they started to have the fire and the hope again. Though they were still going back into the old patterns and the old life. I'm going to suggest to you that the chapter that is being closed by the angels, you shouldn't desire it. You shouldn't be comfortable in living in that place because God is doing something new. And it's your responsibility as a Christian and as a son of the living God to understand what it is that He's doing new. It's your responsibility to know that the old can never come and satisfy Because it's been closed and that chapter has been sent back to the archives and there's a new chapter that is being told. There's a new chapter that's unfolding. How does that chapter speak about your life? I guarantee you the books of heaven are written about you. What do they say? What's in them? There's hope. There's prosperity, but maybe not the way that you view prosperity. There's passion. And in the middle of that, for all of you, there's the ability to overcome. Every trial. Every trial. Have you come to a place, a desperate place, a place where path forward isn't clear? Your hopes and your dream have been altered such that they now seem impossible to become your experience ever? And you just don't know how to go from one day to another? And the voices of the media and Twitter and Facebook and all of the stuff that is in the air that we're being bombarded with constantly. Do you know that your body is being bombarded right now with frequencies 
and messages and, and radio stuff. You're being bombarded with that constantly on this earth. There really isn't anywhere you can go and get out from under it. Have you felt hopeless? Discouraged? Have you felt like what I thought was going to take place isn't taking place? There's just one requirement and one answer that He wants you to run into. And that is the requirement to hold on to Jesus Christ. The requirement to hold on to truth. To hold on to the rock and the foundations that He said, and against this, the gates of hell will not prevail. Does it seem like sometimes the gates of hell prevail? If we're honest with ourselves, there are times in my life where it seems like the gates of hell are prevailing over my life day after day after day. But the Word of God says, when I continue to hold on to the belt of truth that is wrapped around the waist of Jesus Christ, it, that Word says that they will not prevail. And that there is a day of deliverance and hope and a new chapter that is unfolding in the lives of the kingdom of God for the people of God. That's the season that we're in, Passover, where miracles and signs and wonders, the things that were dead, come to life and produce a new hope. You might be frustrated with how much little progress you've made in fulfilling your own expectations and the thing, and you might be thinking, by now, I've been a Christian for so long, by now I should have mastered this. But it isn't about your plans. It isn't about your plans. It's about His ability to fulfill His promise and complete the work that He started in you when He said, the gates of hell will not prevail and on this rock I will build My church. Who's the church? You are. And so if you think to yourselves the things that you're going to build that's destined to fail, and bring frustration and anxiety and depression. And the new story that is being told from the new chapters of the archives of heaven is a story about His people overcoming. And His people understanding the call that is personal and intimate and embracing it. And though it might be challenging and scary, God says all things are possible. All things are possible. So as I begin to close, you see, when Jesus said He's going to build the house, He meant He would build it. He would build it. He said, on this rock, I will build My house. Not through the idols of this world, Not through governments. Not through handouts. Not through freebies.
These are the seasons where God is revealing His own plan. This is the season where Jesus Himself comes and affirms His love in a very personal and intimate way in His commitment to you. Again, to say, I love you. I'm committed to seeing you through to the end. I'm committed to to telling my story in your life. Finishing the work that He started. You see, Jesus isn't about starting a work and then deciding it's too difficult because you've made all the wrong decisions. You've turned the wrong direction too many times. Jesus said, I'll finish the work. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it gets, these are mine. These are mine. When you find yourself backed up against a barrier with no way out, like the Red Sea, like Jesus was just buried in the tomb, and He's not here for me to talk to anymore. When you think that You've had the last straw and all that's left to do is just to go home and die. The wind of the Spirit starts to blow because God said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to them, If anybody loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father and I will love him. This is the season that we're at right now. And we will come to him and make our home within him. He who does not love me does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. This is a time where you can contend and cry out for justice. 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 God, I'm contending and believing that there is justice in my life. Every single lie. Every single place of discouragement, depression. Every prophecy over my life that described the new chapter of who I would become. Justice. Everything that's been ripped off and stolen from me. Every scripture that used to be so passionate within my heart that I let go of and didn't hang on to, that I was ripped off and convinced of something contrary to what was real to me at that time, let there be justice. Let there be justice against my enemies. Let there be justice in the courts of heaven so that the story that this new chapter is going to tell is all about His ability to see me through. To tell the story that is written about my life. This is a time where you can contend and cry out for justice against everything that's contrary to the promise of God. 
He has always been faithful. And he will answer you. So as I close, I leave you with Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it all to full completion in you. Amen? Amen. God bless. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sean. Father's making it so simple for us. Sean described the disciples. What was the greatest thing that they were hoping for? Deal with this government. Deal with this Roman government. Take us out of the bondage. Let us come back to that point of living our lives. Thank you, Father. So, as we kind of bring this to a close, um, did Elijah not come here this morning? Yeah, because I want to sing him happy birthday. I think we missed him last week. Oh, Sandra as well. Amen. But we're... Okay. Amen. Come on up if you would, please. Before we close, are we still on? I just want to remind you, we have a little less than two weeks now to pass over. If you would please really pray fast if led to. Listen to what Sean said. What the disciples were waiting for. First he said it changed in a day. He says, no, it actually changed just in hours. Please watch. Please watch in these days ahead. And the most important thing that I can tell you as you watch, John said, the belt of truth, hold on to the person of truth, but draw close to those that you trust, those that you have relationship with. It's going to be important. Amen? We're not exactly sure how to um, share this with you because there's so much right, that I've never shared and um, there's so much that you don't know. But um, I've been going through stuff, um, uh, medical stuff, for well, probably 20 years. And, I mean, just one bombardment after another after another. And um, it's gotten massive heavy at times. I mean, massive heavy. I've even called JC out of the food shelf to come because of the heaviness. And um, just recently, God gave me this, a song. And uh, way back when, um, you know, you you put things, you write things down, but you can't remember 
did you actually do this, or did you just think you did that, or you know? And um, and so I'm constantly asking God, have I taken all the steps I need to do, you know? And so um, He recently gave me a, a song from way back out in the past, and it happened to be, He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He who began the good work will be faithful to complete it in you. Now that's Philippians. That's what Sean just confirmed. You know, and um, um, it was, let me see, it was, um, Friday night, when I have had the best sleep I have had since I can't remember when, um, I remember complaining about not being able to sleep before JC and I were married. Um, and um, I mean, there's been nights when I have walked the floor the entire night because I couldn't sit down. I couldn't lay down. By the time the morning came, my feet, my legs were so crazy tired. And um, so driving, <laughs> driving has been incredibly difficult for me. But I had the best night I have had for years and years and years. And not only that, but after Getting into the day a little bit, I noticed that the plugs in my ears were gone. I enjoyed all of yesterday without any plugs in my ears. <laughs> so praise God. He who began the good work will be faithful to complete it. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Hallelujah. Just hang out right here. Elijah. Yes. Sure, come on up. Hallelujah. You can come up, Elijah. We want to be able to look at you for a little while. Yeah, there you go. Hallelujah. <laughs> and with everything, with everything going on over the weeks, you're saying to be aware and things like that. And I remember one of the questions you asked was, um, do you like medical bills to be gone and would you like to not worry and things like that and I had a medical bill that I knew wasn't going to get paid I really believed that I went home and I had mail I hadn't opened up yet and it was after I left here and I opened it and not only was a huge medical bill paid it was over two thousand dollars it was a check from the U.S. Treasury for thirty dollars so <laughs> you know it's it's just an awareness you know of things going on and you know and I said yeah there's more to come you know there really is over and above what you could ask, right? Hallelujah. Well, let's stand. Let's get our vocal cords kind of stretched out here. Okay. Okay, can we do a la, 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 la? Get your voices going. You're singing for me now.
the Lord. I'm so excited for you, Sandra. I am so excited for you. What, maybe 15 years? How long have you guys been married? About 30 years. Thank you, Lord. Let it continue, Father. You are the hand. You are the healer, Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to bring our offering before the Lord. Blessings to all of you. For those of you who have been watching this morning, uh, let the word become that which is engrafted, written right upon your hearts. Let it become real. And please draw close to those that you dearly love and trust. Oh, you going to say something? Oh, that you trust and love in these next days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We got a good blood.